thank you so much for what the Spirit does to the soul, how it comes it, what the Spirit does in cleaning it, strengthening the soul. And that's why David could say in all the great men and women of God, even to the least and the greatest, it's well with my soul because the king is in residence there. And Father, we thank you and we bless you and we honor you. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. You may be seated. Welcome here this morning on this beautiful, beautiful Father's Day. Uh, look like the weather's kicking up now and uh, people are all over the place vacationing and we're so glad that out of this particular Sunday, you decided to be with us, and we welcome you here with that. I'm going to uh, ask uh, Jim uh, to come up, uh, and Jim Powers is one of our elders here. And uh, fathers, we just want to honor you this morning, and uh, we're going we're gonna to give you, you know, a gift here, and, and we just want to add to your, uh, what you would call, uh, how do you say? We want to add to your inventory in your garage. We want to do that. And we do that every year. Uh, and so we're going to have the fathers, uh, if you will, would you, if you, your father wants you to just stand right now. You know, if your dad, we want to, we just want to thank you. Just, just right there. And uh, go ahead and uh, pass those out. want you to want to thank you for being here. And Jim's going to uh, just share a, a word with you or two. Just grab that microphone right there and just kind of want to lay a word on you. And we want you to remain standing while he's talking. And then at the end of the message, I want to I bless you with something. So remain standing, dads. You know, keep, keep, keep doing that, okay? And, uh, you know, Jim's going to talk to you for a little bit. Go ahead. Oh. I'm six and a half times as a grandfather. And I was asked to speak today, and I think it's a perfect verse to see what his thoughts are in 
Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So if you if you hang with us long enough as dads, we'll uh, supply you all the tools you need in your garage. We'll take care of that. Every year you get one tool a year, so I hope you remembering all of that. It's great. <laughs> it's great. I, I hope, I trust that you're having a great summer. I really do. And uh, I know Rick, pa- Pastor Rick is on vacation. Pastor Alex is on vacation. We got people vacationing, and uh, it's so good to, for people to break away and get some time. I hope you're spending some time with your family. Hope you get a chance to get out and travel a little bit and see parts of Colorado. This is the time for it. And so you really do need to enjoy it because, uh, you know, in a few short months, man, we'll be back at it. Everybody will be back and all that good stuff. So uh, if you've been traveling with us a little bit, what we've been doing is kind of ending our discipleship talk. And the last two weeks, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. And, and, And when we talked about the Holy Spirit last week, being deity. And this week, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit being omni. Now, we're not talking about agni. We're talking about omni, okay? Now, now, omni, O-M-N-I, it basically means all. It means everywhere, all the time, and all of that. Now, why are we talking about the Holy Spirit in these weeks now and the weeks to come? Now, fathers especially, at the end of this message, I just want to bless you with something. Uh, because I, I, I just believe that the Lord wants me to kind of to lay an, an anointing on you uh, about this message that you're going to be hearing today. It's not a Father's Day message, but particularly for those heads of household, uh, you want to become very sensitive to the spiritual climate of your home, the spiritual climate in the country, the spiritual climate. I mean, women need to be very sensitive to that as well. But as father, I, I just I want you to, to grab this particular. I want everybody to grab it today. But I'm, I'm going to point this a little bit to you towards the end. Now, when we talk about uh, the omni of the spirit, it, it basically means all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present. And so we talked last week about the Holy Spirit being deity, and and I want to read this again to you, and and I want to encourage everybody here that when we talk about evangelism, when we talk about discipleship, when we talk about reaching out and giving and growing and all that, this here has to do, I mean, this cannot be done without, and I want to say it very slowly, this cannot be done without the power of of the Holy Spirit. I want everybody to say amen on that. It, it just can't be. It just cannot be done. No matter what Jesus does, no matter what church does, if the power of the Holy Spirit is not on you, you can't even understand this message today. You can't even understand the Word of God today. So we're taking a closer look at the Holy Spirit because we're patterning ourselves for growth. We'll pattern ourselves for a deeper maturity, a deeper walk with God. We're, we're, we're having fun with that as a church. Uh, the reports that I'm getting from individuals in this church, how the Spirit of God is moving on them, I mean, the, the testimonies are off the charts. But I want to read something to you before we go into Acts 10. I want to just read something to you. And what I want to do is, is refer back to something that I shared with you a couple of weeks ago when we started talking about the Holy Spirit. And I just want to read this first. And it basically said, it is the, of great importance that we believe in the divinity of the Holy Spirit, okay, and also his personality, 
It is all only when we learn these truths that we can give him honor and worship and adoration and personal respect that we give to God. Now, we talked last week about treating him as equal. I told you about a conversation that we had with one of our leaders. I told you about the, the conversation that I had with my wife, Vicki, wanting her to understand how equal we were in the sense that we were both created in the image of God. Now, God has called us to function differently, but the Holy Spirit is equal with God. He is equal with the Son. Now, I like this other sentence that I'm getting ready to read. And we must learn that the Holy Spirit is not a mere power that we need to get hold of and use. It's not for my personal benefit. I don't want the Holy Spirit because somehow I'm just going to get all these gifts and I'm going to be dynamic in the Lord. There's, there's really nothing wrong with that. But he is more than just that. And then he says, but we must learn that he is a person who is infinitely wise, infinitely holy, infinitely just, and infinitely gracious. And watch this. And this is the part of the omni. And who seeks to get a hold of us, watch this, and use us. See, the Holy Spirit right now seeks to get a hold of you right where you're sitting. And it seeks to use you. Now, I don't know if I'm going to do it this Sunday or next Sunday. But because the Holy Spirit is all-knowing, and I'm going to show you in Scripture it knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're thinking right now. And because the Holy Spirit is everywhere, he is personally involved with each one of you right now. He is in this room. And he's all-powerful in the sense that he can take all the people in this room and through his power bring us together to one common mind and one common purpose. Now, I'm not yet ready to demonstrate that to you because one of the things that I had an unction to do was to say this. There's an individual sitting in this room right now. You and I have not spoken. The Holy Spirit has put something in your heart right now for this body right here, a very short word for somebody. Now, I have an unction to call you up and have you speak that word and then go on about to preach it and finish it and then at the end, watch how many people say, yes, that's for me. That's how powerful the Holy Spirit is. But I want you to understand a little bit more about him today before we do that. We may wait till next Sunday to do that. Now, we're not going to be meeting tonight, you know, that we normally meet, and that's what we do on Sunday nights, man. We come in, and the worship band does a great job, you know, uh, Julia and Alex and everybody else involved in that, Jared. And we just get into a time of worship. It's a time of silence, and, and all of a sudden, somebody gets up and begins to read the Scripture because the Holy Spirit is on them. And they begin to share with everybody in the room, this is what God is saying. And then all of a sudden, somebody else sitting down gets up and read a few things as well. And then what you know is body ministry takes place, and by the end of that evening, people are being touched personally. That's the way the body is supposed to act. That's the way the Holy Spirit comes in and moves. We can do that right now. Easy. Because of what he is and what he wants to do. But I'm not being instructed to do it right now. I have an unction to do it. I just want to see if that's me. 
or maybe some reflex from something I ate last night or whatever, or if that's really him. Well, I'll know by the time this message is over with. Are you following with me so far? Because as a church, you got to get ready to see and watch the Holy Spirit. Watch this. Not move because we're gathered together as a church, but move on you every single moment. What happens when you get up in the morning and you go to work and you're in the middle of a meeting and all of a sudden you hear this real soft voice call you by name? And tells you to get up and go do something. And you don't know that the Holy Spirit has already been moving on the person that you need to go do this to. And that person has been waiting on that for a while. And because you're bold enough, all of a sudden, two people get released. So let me give you the ending of the story that I'm about to read before we get there. Now let me just make this statement to you. Here's the statement you need to understand today. You can write it down. You can do whatever you want. The omni of the spirit brings personal specificity, okay, directional strategy, and empowering identity. Let's say it again. I want you to... I want you to leave out of here with this today. The omni of the spirit brings personal specificity. That basically means it's going to call you by name. It's going to tell you some specific things that you need to do. It's not going to be this psychic stuff where you do this general, um, I just, I, you, got, you got somebody in your family named Billy Holy. It, it don't work like that. This is going to be specific revelation. The second thing that it does is it brings steps. It brings directional. It brings directional strategy. It tells you where to go. It tells you who to go to. It tells you exactly what to say. It tells you exactly who to look for. This is the omni of the spirit. You know what else it does? It empowers your identity in God. It empowers your identity in Christ. You know one thing you need to learn about identity? I mean, it's hard. It's hard work. To, to live with a false identity. Did you know that? It's hard work, man. As a matter of fact, you force people to like who you are, even to the point of if they don't, you want to silence them. See, our true identity is in Christ. Amen? And when we start living like that, it's easy. <laughs> we don't have to work at it. Church, are you following me at all this morning? Because uh, I want you to understand, this is what God wants to do with you. All right? So think about this. You'll know when the omni is working in you, first of all, is because there's personal specificity about who you are, where you are, and what you're doing. He will say that to you. The second thing he's going to do is give you some direction. It's going to be strategic. It's going to be strategic in the sense that it's going to be benefit for you and the person that you're talking to and the situation that you're involved in. This is the all-knowing, all-powerful, all-everywhere spirit. And here's the last thing. It's going to boost your identity in God. It's going to bring you back to your true self. Ladies and gentlemen, we were with God in the beginning before the creation of this world. Did you know that? We were his children. And so all God is doing is trying to reconcile us back to himself so that we can become truly who we are. Does that make sense to you? I want you to grab that. So all this wrestling to find out who you are, your identity is in Christ. 
but the omni, the all-knowing, the all-powerful, and the all-everywhere is there. Now, this is a beautiful story that you're about to read in Acts 10. Now, what I'm going to do in Acts 10 is I'm going to read several scriptures in Acts 10, and then I'm going to go to another set of scripture, and then what we're going to do is we're going to read the whole story, and I just want you to listen to the beauty of this. Now, when you look at Acts 19, 10, chapter 10, verse 19, here's what it says. It says that while Peter was reflecting on the vision, watch this, the spirit, the omni, the all-knowing, the all-powerful, the all-everywhere said to him, behold, three men are looking for you. Now, notice how specific that is. He didn't say five. He didn't say one. He said three. All right. And then he says, but arise and go downstairs and accompany them without any misgiving, for I have sent them myself. The Holy Spirit is talking to Peter. He's going to talk to you. Now, now, that's in verse 19 and verse 20. But I want you to look at the tail end of this thing, verse 44 to verse 48. It says, now, while Peter was still speaking words, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. Now, Orlando is in this room. He's over to my left. He's a big brother, uh, uh, you know. And and when when I was uh, giving this information to our leadership last Monday, I said, what would happen if uh, Orlando, every bit of you know, 200 beautiful pounds, I'm being gracious to him. Uh, what, 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 what would happen if he just fell on me, okay? I think I would give in. I don't think I could move, you know what I'm saying? And I want you to understand something, man. The Holy Spirit wants to fall on you every single day to where he be, he's totally in control of what's going on. It, it says this, and while Peter was still speaking the words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who were listening to this message, and all the uh, circumcised believers who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is a gift to you. The gift to you is all-knowing, all-powerful, all everywhere. That gift comes to you. That gift comes into your circle and make you on the present with him, all powerful with him, and all knowing with him. That's a gift. That's your gift. And, and, and when you get that gift, it's a gift that God just wants to give you, and it's a gift that keeps on giving all the time. It says, have been poured upon the Gentiles also, for they were hearing them speaking with tongues and, ex- and exalting God. Then Peter answered, surely no one can refuse the water from these to be baptized who has received the Holy Spirit just as we did, can he? And here's what he's saying. Everyone in this room can receive the Holy Spirit today. Everyone in this room can walk in the presence and the power and the knowing of the Holy Spirit today. And if we get him to the point where we quit looking for the gifts that he brings, you know, and my kids and my wife did a great job yesterday of getting me a Father's Day present. And, and, it, and it just meant a lot to me that they thought of me enough to get me something that I've been wanting for a long time. I'm not going to tell you what it is. That's just between us and them, okay? It's great. But if my wife and my kids only knew me because I paid bills all the time, you understand what I'm saying? Because I bought things all the time. I bought cars, man. But they didn't connect with me because of me, not because of what I can give. So all of a sudden, my giving becomes what they look forward to instead of just being with me. Now, they don't do that. But the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm way more than just blessing you with gifts. You know what, man? I'm on the presence all the time. You're never alone. I'm all-knowing. Is there something you want to know? I'm there. 
Uh, and you know what else? I'll give the power to you to make it happen. Is that beautiful what? So when we walk with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit shows me how to interpret Scripture. The Holy Spirit shows me how to love someone who just walks into my presence. The Holy Spirit shows me what's going on. Now, this story that I'm about to read to you in Acts 10, I just gave you little, little bits and pieces of it. But, 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 but before I go back to the Scripture, let me just share this with you. Some of you know that we've got a brand-new football coach at Colorado State University. I had, the, I had the wonderful pleasure of being with a bunch of them uh, this last Thursday down in uh, Holyoke where there's no trees out there. And we were playing this beautiful golf course called Bailey something in Holyoke. And there was a bunch of people, a bunch of CSU boosters. It was fun. It was a beautiful course. It was hot and all that kind of stuff. I didn't do too bad. I, I hit the ball okay. But when Coach Bobo does some of the outings with me, when we go out and talk a little bit with recruits and, you know, he talks in certain other circles that we invite him to, he gives a story about what happened to him at Colorado State the day he got here. And, and he had talked about how, how tough it was in his office one day. And he and I had only met maybe three or four times. And it was at a basketball game. Met him in a hallway, shook his hand, realized that he was the new guy. He heard about me and all that kind of stuff. And never had a chance to sit down and talk to the guy at all. And about a week later after one of the basketball games, it just was an unction on me. You know, you just got to go introduce yourself. You guys have met in the hallway. You just don't know each other. But, but he knows you. You know about him. Why don't you just go say hello to the guy? And I just went up just to see him that day. And when I knocked on his door and walked into his office, now he tells people this every time he talks to a group, uh, a group of believers. He said, Johnny didn't know that day that, man, things that had got on me. It's my first head coaching job. Everybody was asking me questions <laughs> instead of me asking everybody else questions. And everything was coming to my office, man, and I was down. As a matter of fact, man, I was about to weep. And all of a sudden, Johnny Square knocked on the door. And he said, man, that day changed my life. Now, let me tell you something. God was working on me to go see him. It was, I mean, I, I was going to eventually see him a month later because there was going to be a big meeting. Everybody was going to meet. But at that moment, the Holy Spirit moved on me. So you need to go see this man. At that point, he was sitting there wondering, God, look, I know uh, I love you and all that. My grandfather was a, was a, was a preacher and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, I know the word of God a little bit. But God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And here's what he said, send me something, tell me something. And on that day is when I walked in his room and we prayed together and he got peace for the first time here in Fort Collins, Colorado. That's how it works. That's how it works. And that's what he wants to do here. In our evangelism, reaching out to other people and raising up other believers. He is going to fill this room. He knows what you're thinking. He knows right where you are. And he is the one that brings it all together. Now, when I say to you, the omni of the spirit brings personal specificity. You're going to hear me read in the 10th chapter of the book of Acts where he calls Cornelius by name. 
You're going to see the specificity there. You're going to also see me read about Peter when he tells Peter to do something. He directs Peter's theology. And you're going to see him bring two guys together who are 35 miles apart. And you're going to watch the power of his word right here as we read these scriptures. And this is the spirit that God sent to you today. Well, you don't need to be confused. There is no such thing as confusion in God. God is not a God of confusion. You don't have to sit here and be depressed. You don't have to sit here and wonder where your energy is going to come from. You don't have to sit here and worry about tomorrow. Those bills, he's going to take care of. That person, he's going to take care of. He's going to, he's going to do it all. Why? Because it's him. He does it. And that's why we're taking time to talk about him in these weeks to come. So when I say to you that he brings directional strategy, that's because every time he talks to you, he's what? He's working on somebody else too. And then the last thing, he explodes your identity. He keeps you realizing that I am a child of God. Christ is in me, and I am in him, the hope of glory. Church, are you hearing this at all? Well, are you sure? <laughs> because I'm telling you something. You're dealing with something right now. Each and every one of you are. And you don't know the answer. And you got a concern. Give it to the Holy Spirit, man. Let him, let him maturate it in his kingdom. Let him do that. So we're going to read some scripture, and then we're going to close this out. Are you ready for this? You Okay. We're not going to have you hopping around like a whole mess of frogs this morning. Don't worry about it. But you got to take a step, man. You got to trust him. And you got to let him show you how to get beyond the gifts and all of that. The gifts are great. Don't, don't you ever think for one moment I'm a downer of the gifts. But let me tell you something, man. If you just grab how gifted he wants to bless you, you miss him totally. He's a person. He's a spiritual being. That's what he is. So he's not just deity, but he's omni. Now, let's do this part real quick. If you will, could you turn with me to Psalms 139? Okay? It's one of the most powerful chapters in the Bible that talks about the omni of the Holy Spirit. Here's what it says in Psalms 139. Now, I know you got verse 7, but I just want to read before we get there just a couple of things because there's three spots in this whole deal that you need to understand. Now, look at verse 1 in Psalms 139. O Lord, thou hast searched me and have known me. Thou hast known me as I sit down and when I rise up. Thou dost understand my thoughts from afar. Thou dost scrutinize my path and my laying down are intimately acquainted with all my ways, even before there is a word on my tongue. Behold, O Lord, thou hast known it all. Thou hast enclosed me behind and before and laid thy hands upon me. Such knowledge is too much, too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot obtain it. That is the omniscience, the all-knowing. David is basically saying, every time I move, you know what's going on. David, God, before there's even a thought on my mind, you know what it is, all-knowing. Now look here at verse 7. And when I, 
Yeah. Where can I go from thy spirit? Hmm? Or where can I flee from thy presence? If I ascend to heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in Zoe, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the most part of the sea, in the remotest part of the sea, even there thy hand will lead me, and thy right hand will lay hold of me. And if I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me, and the light around me will be night, even the darkness is not dark to thee, and the night is as bright as the day. Darkness and light, uh, light are a light to thee. So where am I going to go? Where am I going to go? Here's, here's, here's my prayer as we get ready to kind of tie this together. That your body chemistry change when you become more acquainted with the Holy Spirit. That you get the same chills that I get. You get the same nervousness that I get when you're in the presence of royalty. That all of a sudden your cells begin to feel something. And, and, and if you're not feeling that, ask God to do it for you. Because you know what it is to get in the presence of somebody that you honor and that you love and that you respect. And especially when that person has authority to change your life. Well, whether that's a, a grandfather, a grandmother, a head coach, or some political figure, whatever. You know what it means to be nervous. But we're talking about a good kind of nervousness now because holiness has showed up. Are you hearing me? You ought to pray for that. You ought to ask God to let me feel something when you're around in a way that I've never felt it before. Because then he begins to stir you up. And it's unlike any feeling that a husband or a wife or a girlfriend or boyfriend can give you. It's holiness, man. And David is saying, where can I go from your presence? What he's saying is you're omnipresent. And then just this one more scripture before we go back to Acts 10. Here's what it says in verse 13. Thou dost, for thou didst form my innermost parts, thou dost weave me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are thy works, and my soul knows it well. All-powerful. See, the Holy Spirit was powerful enough to weave you when you were conceived in your mother's womb. There's no fingerprint that is the same in any human being that's ever been born. Scientists cannot explain that. Fingerprints are not the same. Your DNA is different than anybody else's. He's powerful. So before we go back and read this Acts 10, I'm going to read it right through. I want to make one more statement again, the same. The omni is this. He brings personal specificity. He's going to call you by name today. Today. And he's going to tell you directionally something real specific. I want you to go down the street. I want you to turn to the right. You know what else he's going to do? He's going to boost your identity. And before I go and read this, we did this on a Sunday night. And I told that to my leadership this last Monday. When we were over at 363, we, t we started doing it for a whole month, doing it in all summer. 
And we just had people come in and say, just want you to sit down and think, man. Just think about what God is saying. Think about Jesus Christ. Read the word. I got something real specific one night. And it was about a young lady who was a blonde, had on a pink top and white shorts. That the image just kept coming. Okay. Now, I know that there's a lot of women that wear white shorts. I know there's a lot of blondes in Fort Collins. I know there's a lot of women that wear pink tops. But one of them happened to be in Old Town that day. Now, out of all the places they could be, they were in Old Town. And I saw that image. And when we went out at 363, we went out for like 45 minutes. I just went over, asked the young lady how she was doing, didn't even need to know her name, and just say this, could I pray for you? And she allowed me to pray for her, and I came on back and gave that report. That's how specific he was. Now, I didn't, I didn't need to ask a whole bunch of questions or anything like that, but God is going to start doing that to you. Because what? There is a person in you named the Holy Spirit. There's a person in you that want to direct your steps. There's a person in you that wants to fulfill your identity in Christ. Are you getting this this morning at all? Okay. Now, let me read this, and then we're going to kind of start closing this out because I just might do what I have an unction to do. Let me read this to you. Can you go back to Acts 10? Let me show you how fun this is. I'm just going to read through it. I'll pause just to give you some indication. It says, now there was a certain man at Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian cohort, a devout man and one whose fear God and all of the household and gave many alms to the Jewish people and prayed to God continually about the ninth hour of the day, clearly saw in a vision an angel of the Lord who had just come into him and said to him, Cornelius, called him by name. And fixing his gaze upon him, being, almost, being most alarmed, he said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers and arms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now dispatch the men to Joppa. Now, you need to understand where Joppa is, 35 miles away. And send for what? Specifically, a Simon who is called Peter. Now, watch this. And he is staying in a certain tanner's named Simon whose house is by the sea. Now, let me tell you something. He talks to him first personally, and then he gives him another name. Tells him exactly where the guy lives. It's not like the mailman coming to your door every week. I mean, that's some specificity here. And then he says that when the angel who was speaking to him had departed, he summoned two of his uh, servants and a devout soldier of those who were in the constant atten uh, uh, attendance upon him. And after he had explained everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. Now, when we talk about personal specificity, guess what he was dealing with in Cornelius? He was dealing with Cornelius' pursuit of him. And there are many of you in this room that's pursuing God. Let me tell you something, man, you're going to run right into it. So God understood that. Now, watch this other thing. And meanwhile, back at the camp, guess what's happening, okay? And it says on the next day, uh, as they were on their way and approaching the city, Peter went up to the house top about the sixth hour to pray, and he became hungry and was desiring to eat. But while they were making preparations, he fell into a trance, and he beheld the sky open up and a certain object like a great sheep coming down, lowered by four corners of the ground. And there were in it all kinds of four-footed animals and crawling creatures of the earth and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, Arise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, 
said, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything unholy, unclean. He's talking about Leviticus when God told him they couldn't eat certain things. So God is rearranging that now. And again, a voice said to him a second time, what God has cleansed no longer consider unholy. And this happened three times, and immediately the object was taken up into the sky. Now, while Peter was greatly perplexed in mind and to what the vision which he had seen might be, behold, the men who had been sent by Cornelius, having asked directions to Simon's house, appeared at the gate. And calling out, they were asking whether Simon, who was also called Peter, was staying there. You heard verse 19 and 20. And while Peter was reflecting on the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you, and arise and go downstairs and accompany them without misgiving, for I have sent them myself. And Peter went down to the men, and he said, Behold, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for which you have come? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, a righteous and God-fearing, well spoken of by the entire nation of the Jews, was divinely directed by the holy angel to send for you to come to his house and heard a message from you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, specificity personally was spoken to Peter. Specificity personally was spoken to Cornelius. He dealt with Cornelius' what? Pursuit of him. And what he wants to do is blow up Peter's theology because Peter knew in his heart from Leviticus that there were certain things he could not do. And it was basically a ceremonial law. That's all it was. And it was temporarily. So here's the spirit working on Peter. Here's the spirit working on Cornelius. What man or woman in your circle now that God is working on and getting you ready for? Church, are you hearing me at all? What situation are you involved in right now that God is working on and he's getting you ready for and the people involved in that? So not only is he going to speak to you personally with specificity, what he's going to do is he's going to give you direction, and it's going to be a strategic direction. He just told the guy to go to Joppa. Peter just happened to be hanging out in Joppa. And meanwhile, back at the camp in Joppa, God is working on Peter's heart, watch this, to receive the first Gentile into the church. Because it was all Jews then, coming from a promise in Acts 1-8 where it says that my spirit is going to baptize you and you're going to have courage to do what? To be my witness in what? Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the other most parts of the world, even to the point where the Jews had to realize that church was just for them. Ladies and gentlemen, the church is not just for you. Come on, people. I, I, I'm, I'm not telling you how to act this morning. But don't just sit there on me. This, this has got to be doing something to your heart. Because he wants to do this for you today. He wants to do this for you this week. And when you enter into the Holy Spirit being de deity and omni, you begin to experience it. This is the second half of the message. Now, watch how they two converse, and then watch the personal identity get boosted here. Get ready to close this. And so he invited them in and gave them lodging. And on the next day, he rose and went away with them, and some of the brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And on the following day, he entered Caesarea. Now, Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together the relatives and a close friend. And when he had come about, Peter entered 
And when it, had, when it came about that Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet and worshipped him. And Peter raised him up saying, stand up, man. I'm just, I'm, I, I, I too am just a man. And as he talked with them, he entered and found many people assembled. And he said to them, watch Peter now. You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a man who is a Jew to associate with a foreigner and to visit him. And yet God has shown me that I should not call any man unholy and unclean. This is why I came without misgiving and objections when I was sent for. And so I asked for what reason have you sent for me? Now watch Cornelius' response. And Cornelius said, four days ago, this hour, I was praying in my house during the ninth hour. Behold, a man stood before me in shining armor, and he said, Cornelius, your prayers have been heard, and your arms have been remembered before God. Send therefore to Joppa and invite Simon, who is also called Peter, to come to you. He is staying at the house of Simon, the tanner by the sea. And so I sent to you immediately, and you have been kind enough to come. Now then, we're all here present before God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. Now, what does Peter do? All he does is give them the gospel. That's it. Watch this. Listen to it. And opening his mouth, Peter said, I most certainly understand how that God is not, is not one to show partiality. But in every nation, the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. The word which he sent to the sons of Israel preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know the things which took place throughout all of Judea, starting with Galilee, after the baptism of John proclaimed. A few more scriptures here. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, now how God appointed, anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good. And he didn't all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all these things he did both in the land of Jews and in Jerusalem. And they also put him to death by hanging him on the cross. God raised him up on the third day, granted that he would become visible, not to all the people, but to the witnesses who were chosen beforehand by God. That is, to us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he ordered us to preach to the people and solemnly to testify that this is the one who has been appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. Of him, all the prophets bear witness that through his name, everyone who believed in him receives forgiveness of sin. Now, personal specificity. Personal specificity. Okay? Took Cornelius in his pursuit. Personal specificity. To Peter, gave him specific direction, I mean, information. Gave them direct directions that led strategically to another soul being touched by the kingdom. God broke Peter's barriers down. Cornelius is ready. And this is what happened right here. And while Peter was still speaking the words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. And all the circumcised believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out upon the Gentiles also. For they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. Then Peter answered, surely no one can refuse the water to be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we did, can he? And he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ that they asked him, 
to stay on for a few days. Ladies and gentlemen, omniscience, the Holy Spirit searches the thought of God and reveals them to you, as John 16 says. Beyond thy presence, you just read in first, I mean in, in Psalms 139, verse 7. We can't flee from his presence and the omnipowerful. In Genesis 1-2, the Holy Spirit was breathing over the waters before the creation of the world. Here's how we close this with this statement. False identity is hard. You have been created in the image of God. That is your identity. And false identity, ladies and gentlemen, is what you would call hard work. Once a person chooses a false identity, folks struggle to make false identity work. They do. Yet they're still not all right deep inside. A darkness is in their heart, and they live in a brokenness. Evidence of false identity is our demand for others to not only support us, but if we don't, they want to silence us. Your real identity is in Christ. You've been created in the image of God. He has given you the Holy Spirit to help remind you every single day of heaven. I'm going to bring the worship team back up. Okay? Now, real quick, you don't have to do it. Is there anybody in here who has a word? The word for um, me and for us is listen. Uh, listen carefully. Um, the Omni visited me yesterday in all places Sam's Club. I was at Sam's Club and I saw Brett running down the aisle and I'm chasing after Brett. He's in a hurry and as I'm going I hear Dr. Lewis, Dr. Lewis and then Craig and I turned and it's this woman that I had gone to high school with and she's been a uh, manager at Sam's Club for years and years and years. And I see her every couple of years randomly out there. And so we're, we do the regular chit-chat stuff, how you doing? She asked me, and then I finally asked her, and she says, not good, not good at all. Three days ago, her 92-year-old mom slipped in the bathtub, broke her neck. She's got dementia. Her, her dad's trying to take care of him. She's just kind of a wreck. And I heard that small, still vo voice, Craig, you got to give this woman something. You got to pour something into her because she is really hurting. This is at Sam's Club. <laughs> and so it's like, Marcia, that is, I, I really feel bad for you. And there are no answers to these kind of situations apart from Jesus Christ. Amen. And I promise you that I will have you and your mom on my personal prayer list, and you can bank on those prayers. I don't know what the end results are, but I do know the Omni <laughs> spoke to me. Amen. 
Amen. Is God good or what? Okay. Now we're going to take up our offering. And then I'm going to ask our dads to stand. I'm going to lay this on you. I'm going to pray for you. If there's anybody else that want that, you can stand with them. That's how serious it is. And the word you got this morning was to listen. It's real, man. Let's take a bar from Father, we love you and we bless you. And we thank you that we get to hang out with you. <laughs> that we get to give back to you financially. That you might bless all that we'll ever need. That when we need it, it'll be there because we give to you. Bless this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Craig gave that word to you. And this is how we're going to close this. I'm going to ask the fathers, will you, will you come forward? Fathers, I just, I just want you to stand right in front of me. Just, just kind of stand right here. All you dads, come on, come on here. Okay. And just kind of make a horseshoe right here. All right. Now, if there's anybody else that wants to join them, you can. You can come on up and stand right behind them. But I'm, I'm praying for them. Okay. Here, give, us, give us some room here. Give us some, Jim, get over Horseshoe, horseshoe. Anybody else want to be a part of this, you can come and stand right here with them. But I'm getting ready to bless these men. Guys, just, just, just kind of whatever you want to do. Close your eyes, hold your hand out. Father, I just thank you in the name of Jesus right now. And this is for the whole church, men and women, everybody. But it will be through these men as a representative to you that we give this deposit to you today. That you use these men standing right here to bless the whole church. That as you bless them as fathers and grandfathers. That they will cry in the pit of their heart that, Father, I want the omni. I want the all-knowing, all-presence, all-powerful Holy Spirit. So that I can continue to do a better job of overseeing my home, loving my wife and my kids and my grandkids, being a good steward with my finances, being a good manager of my home. And when I'm out in the workplace working, that I will be open to your spirit just like Craig was in Sam's. That this Father's Day gift that I received today comes from you because you'll let me know when your power is flowing. You'll let me know when you're with me. You'll let me know, Heavenly Father, you give me what? You give me personal specificity. Not only that, but you will give me directional strategy. But also, Heavenly Father, you will boost my identity because I know this day, Father, I am a child of God. And you've made me head of my home to serve, to give, to be the first in everything, the first in worship, the first in prayer, the first in giving, the first in service, and the first in sharing my faith. Father, we pray that you will anoint these men. But, Father, we pray for the whole church today. Everybody that is in this room will encounter the omni, the all-knowing, the all-powerful, the all-everywhere God, and that they will listen and receive 
In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Let's give our fathers a, give our fathers a hand. Let's stand. Let's stand. And let's close. Let's close. Go ahead. Yeah. Let's sing it together. Let's sing it. Yes. It is. Make it well within your soul this morning. Make it well.